Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. So are you ready for the real truth about dating and relationships? Sarah Kernels shares straight talk today about the actions that you can take to have balanced and fulfilling healthy connections. You'll also hear about the biggest mistakes most people make when they're dating, and we might even talk about what to avoid to help save you from heartbreak later on down the road. Are you ready to meet her? Sarah Kernels is a life and love coach, helping women to find their partner in crime. After identifying self-sabotaging codependent patterns in her past relationships, she began a personal journey to heal and help others. Her personal mission is to increase her love for herself and in so doing, give others permission to do the same. She loves taking on big projects like running a marathon, producing a play for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, wow, and massive solo traveling trips. She prides herself in being cheerful and chipper even before her daily three cups of coffee. I like you immensely. We didn't even start the interview yet. Find out more (laughs) about Sarah and her work at sarahmkernoles.com. Sarah, welcome to out of the fog. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. How are you happy before your coffee? I, uh, it is a blessing. It is just the way I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is it that brought you to this work? A life and love coach to me shows a willingness to open your heart, open your own story and to be part of other people's paths. It's in that life and love kind of coaching area where we look at our deepest pain sometimes. So what brought you to this work? Yeah. And I think that's really what it was. I, um, was in a relationship that came to an end and it came to a very bad end. Actually, he had been cheating on me. We were together on and off for three years and he'd been cheating on me a significant part of that time. And after that, I realized I was in a career that as passionate as I was, and I thought that this was going to be my life's work. I was working in the theater I came to the realization of, I don't want to keep working up this ladder. This isn't the life that I want. This isn't the style of life that I want. Um, And it fed me creatively, but that was about it. And it's kind of an exhausting lifestyle. So I really started to open up to what else is out there. What are the other ways? What feels more in alignment with my soul and of how I want to be showing up in the world. And I came across Martha Beck's work And I kept hearing people actually, the way she came to me was I was listening to podcasts and people kept saying, I'm a Martha Beck certified life coach. And I heard it enough times that I was like, who is this person? (laughs) And when, exactly. And then finally I dug into it and it was like, it clicked, you know, this seems like the right next step. And when I started doing uh, coach training, I got coached a lot because that's how you learn other training coaches are coaching me. And I kept going deep into these patterns of my own codependency 
and the way that was showing up for me was very different than the definition I knew back from the 80s of, you know, you're always with an alcoholic and it's just like really like womp, 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 like a real downer. But the way I was showing up was I was over functioning. I was taking too much responsibility for my partner's feelings. And I had been doing it at my job. I took on other people's emotions as my responsibility and everything was on my shoulders. And that's where I was deriving all my value rather than just knowing inherently I'm valuable and I'm worthy and I'm lovable. Um, I was really sourcing a lot of that from outside of myself. And I was needing that constant validation from outside sources. Is that a big game changer? Is that part of what I t- I talk a lot? So I'm a professional intuitive. I talk a lot with people who are in relationship, relationships that are beginning or ending, or we're in the middle of it, or they're dating. I that what you said about taking your value from things outside of you is something that I hear reflected in a lot of the people that I talk to, and it feels to me like when we do that, it's almost always a recipe for misunderstanding and confusion and hurt when we're looking outside ourselves for that validation of who we are. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I imagine, I imagine a good number of the people that you work with are also empathic of like you naturally feel the emotions of the people around you. And so you take extra responsibility to make sure they're happy because then you're also going to pick up happier emotions for yourself. Right. Rather than, yeah, taking that ownership of if I already know that I'm empathic, what are the ways that I can balance my energy, take charge of me, myself? The only thing that I can really control is myself and my own emotions. I can't really control anybody else's. And it's so dangerous to look to others to validate us because they're not predictable, you know, one day they could feel great about you. The next day they could have a bad day at work and they could be really mad at you. It's a roller coaster. It, it can be like a roller coaster. And it, I, I'm wondering what you think some of the biggest mistakes are that people make when they're dating. I know a few that I think I see as I'm talking to people. What do you see when people are dating some of the biggest mistakes that they make? Yeah. Two of the biggest mistakes that I see are um, making it all about the other person. Does he like me? Does she like me? Does that person like me? Rather than sort of sitting back and saying, do I like them? (laughs) It's a different way to look at the relationship. And it flips it all on its head and it puts you in an empowering role. You know, go ahead. Go ahead. I heard you gasp. No, no. It's, I, I do that because I get excited and then I want to say something. And so, yeah. and so that yeah. was my, that was my little of gasp excitement. Cause what you're making me think of is not, it's, it's to me, not just, do they like me? Are they, what do they think of me? It's also about, will they be different? Will they change? This would be perfect if he was just, I don't know, wearing a different colored shirt or if he had a different job. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's that, that's what made me gasp. Oh, yeah. And totally. And that's that's even some of the stuff that I used to do of, you know, I see who this person could be. Can I get them there? Can I get them to play ball my way? Can I control this situation? Which is not exactly healthy. So how do people take those mistakes? And probably we're all out there making those mistakes, whether we're dating or whether we're in committed relationships. How do we shift our energy so that we are bringing the attention back to ourselves, bringing kind of that love and compassion back to ourselves? 
Yeah, I think a big part of it is knowing yourself really, really well. Like, what am I bringing to the table in a relationship? What makes me happiest? When do I feel? Well, actually, first, I would identify how do I want to feel in a relationship? Um, You know, for me personally, I want to feel connected. I want to feel romantic. I'm going to feel sexy. Um, And using those identified feelings as a filter when you're on dates, like, do I feel like I'm showing up my best around this person? And is, is it naturally being brought out? And if it's not being brought out naturally in that date, like if you don't feel yourself sort of turning on in that way towards those good feelings, then it's probably not a great match because those things just come through very naturally and it should feel like an ease and flow towards those feelings of how you want to feel. And part of it is also when you know yourself really well, then you can also be confident and stand your ground and know that, that what you want is out there, even though it might not be this person that's directly in front of you, but what you want is out there. It is available. You're going to find it somewhere else, just maybe not this person. So how important is it to set intentions? I've talked to people who actually have a list, right? And then they meet someone and they go down the list. He's got to have blonde hair. He's got to have blue eyes. He can never, he can never, I don't know, chew gum or he will always be chewing gum. How important is it to like have those kind of characteristics firmly in mind? And once you've got them, do you stick with them forever or can you be flexible? I think some of those are more preferences. And we can't always control our preferences. Like if I prefer to be dating a guy with blonde hair, that's a preference for most of us. It's really not a deal breaker. Um, What what you want that list to be about is what it should be reflective of your values. What is really important for you for a long-term partner? Um, Things like, do you want to have children together? Do you Do you really want to be married someday? Is your religion a value for you? Is that something that you want to share or pass down to the potential of children down the road? Um, Characteristics like physical characteristics get really into a gray area because we could be really surprised by the person who shows up across the table and makes us feel loved and lit up and like our best version of ourselves and is the person who's willing to do the work with you, but it might not look anything like you thought it would look. And maybe that's part of what is surprising about love as a kind of living Mm -hmm. manifestation of divine energy is that when we Mm -hmm. look past our own limits, sometimes that's when we find love smiling back at us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a, um, she was a friend and decided to go speed dating. And this is actually one of the areas that I teach my clients about. And I was like, all right, I don't, I don't want to put my coach hat on without permission, but would you like some tips? So the biggest tip I gave her was to look, look for what she could like about the other person, like find that thing that makes that other person seem really attractive, whether it's they get all lit up when they talk about their high score on their video game or They get really excited when they talk about their Peloton bike or whatever it is, and then see how you sort of respond to it. Are you curious to learn more about this person? Is that something that you're interested in? And she took that and she ended up with three dates after 
the speed dating. And one of them turned out to be a pretty bad fit. The other one was very attractive and totally her type. Um, and it turned out she realized in a couple of weeks, like there's no, there's no um, commonality there. There's no compatibility. And then the third one was the one who looks nothing like she thought he would look. Um, he had a job that was very intimidating to her and it was pushing all kinds of buttons. And I asked her, I was like, but are you, are you curious about this person? And she said, yeah, I am really curious. I don't know where this is going to go. And it's kind of exciting. And they got engaged seven months after they met and they're planning their wedding right now. And I'm so excited for them. And it just started with that curiosity of who is this person and can we show up for each other? Oh my gosh. And that's wonderful. I've been with yeah. my partner for 33 years and I think that curiosity and can we show up for each other is still something that's not an everyday occurrence, mind you, because it's a real relationship and 33 years is a long time, but that, yeah. And I, do I still want to know more? Am I interested? Is it right? Are there those places where we can still grow together after all these years? I think that applies in a, in a long-term relationship as well. For sure. And one of the things that I think is beautiful about their partnership that I've gotten to watch is the way that they compromise and they let go of their supposed expectations of what a relationship is supposed to be or what this other person is supposed to do. And they really put their relationship at the forefront of, you know, are we, us being a we is really important. And so that means I'm going to show up with forgiveness and I'm going to give you a little bit of grace and I'm going to assume the best about you. And it's really beautiful to watch it. That assuming the best is not just something that's compassionate for the other person, but it's compassionate for you as the one who's making the assumption, right? Am I, am I big enough? Do I have enough energy? Do I trust myself enough to just breathe into this for just a little longer to see where it goes? Or do I have to jump mm -hmm. right through that? I talk sometimes to people who are worried that they, like, I'm out of time. Am I wasting my time with this person? Where is this going to go? It's been 15 minutes already and we're not married or it, that kind of thing. Just have that compassion for yourself and for the other person to let's give everybody the benefit of the doubt, including you. And let's see where this goes. One of the things I tell people more often than anything else is slow down. You don't know mm -hmm. yet. And it's in the knowing, right? It's in the exploring. That's where we find love. That's where all the fun is, 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 is when you slow it down, when you're not yeah. jumping into stuff. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the question you asked earlier, that's actually the other big mistake that I see the most often is that pressure of, I have to find the perfect person and I have to find them now. They put so much pressure and expectation on a very first date that they feel like they can't be authentic. So they have to like be this perfect version of themselves of who they think this other person wants or how a perfect person would show up in a relationship. And it blocks them from any kind of authentic connection. You are listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. I'm talking with Sarah Kernoles. You can find out more about Sarah and her work at sarahmkernoles.com. Are you ready? Because there's going to be spelling. Are you ready? Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-M, like magnificent, kernoles, C-U-R-N-O-L-E-S.com. Sarah, M, kernoles.com. 
one of the questions that we, because we corresponded before the show, and I asked you to send some questions that you wanted me to ask. And one of these questions is, what's the right thing to say to attract a loving, healthy relationship? I'm curious about this because I'm wondering if there's a magic formula. So what is the right thing to say to attract a loving, healthy relationship? I wrote it that way on purpose. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's really easy. Like we just say it, right? And then and then it's done. And then so, poof, yes. it's like there's no place like home and you click your heels three times. Um, <laughs> right. There, There is absolutely no formula. Everybody comes to me asking for scripts. What do I say? What am I supposed to text? What should I put in my dating profile? And there is literally no right thing to say. The best thing to say is what is authentic and true and honest and a little vulnerable. Hmm. I was hoping and for something like lemon cookie, lemon cookie. Of. I know. Hey, if you love lemon cookies, that might get the right person. <laughs> so that saying what's true, saying what's authentic, being a little bit vulnerable, which it always is when you're, when you're, looking for love when you're really committed to finding something. Is that true in online dating as well? Because when people date online, they tend to put on masks like a lot. Yeah. I really encourage people to, to do that formula of honest, true, vulnerable, um, because it cuts through some of the stuff that people put up as walls, the people that aren't going to be willing to meet you there probably aren't really going to respond or they're not going to talk to you for very long. They're probably going to be a little, honestly, they're probably going to be a little intimidated. Um, So it weeds out some of the poorer fits and it lets the people who are there for what you're there for find you. They can be like, Oh my gosh, this is so refreshing to find somebody that's being honest and true. Um, I want to know this person a little bit more. And that vulnerability is so key. I think a lot of people are trying to play it too cool, especially online. They're trying to like, I don't know if it's pretend like I have so many options. So I don't have to put that much effort into you and I don't have to show my hand. I don't have to show if I'm interested. They kind of hold those uh, cards close to their chest and it, it holds a relationship back from growing if you're unwilling to, to say something along the lines of, I'm really interested in you. I really want to know more about you. And there's no harm in that. But what it does is it creates this spark in the other person of, ooh, okay, well, well, really, me? You want to learn more about me? All right, well, let's go. How do you advise people to deal with getting ghosted or getting dropped? It, it's a couple... It's such a, it's such a shame. And I say that as somebody who has ghosted um, and who has been ghosted. And it's a shame that this is the way that we are now using technology of it's just so easy to not call somebody back and not text somebody back and show a level of disrespect. And I actually will talk them through, you know, what are the feelings and judgments that you're having about this person because they ghosted you? What's coming up? What do you think about them? What are you feeling about them? And then are those really the ways you want to be thinking and feeling about a potential partner? Mm. Um, You know, the person that you want in your life is going to at least have the courage to speak up and be honest when they're uncomfortable or um, 
tell you how they're feeling or what they're thinking. And ghosting is so disrespectful to the other human. And, and honestly, it's cowardly. And those aren't really attractive. Those aren't attractive qualities for a potential partner. That's a good point, I think, because um, sometimes when I'm talking with people who've been ghosted, they're saying, why, what did I do? What happened? What is, why does it, when, when really what happens is that the, that's a kind of self-selection. When that person mm-hmm. ghosted you, they were showing you for sure that they are not your partner. Because your partner okay. shows up for you, your partner listens to you, your partner holds space for you. That ghosting, as painful as it is, is a kind of a self-selection. Now we know they're out of the running. And and you know, even though it hurts to be ghosted, you know that you deserve a lot better than that. Yeah. And and I don't know if you do practices like I'm I'm very big into cord cutting, um, that energetic literally severing your energy from the other person, sort of releasing them, letting them go on their way. And then there's a forgiveness practice that I think has been adapted from a Hawaiian practice called Ho'oponopono. And um, I don't know how much you've talked about this in the past, but I find it very helpful to think of that person who has wronged you and to go through the process to say, you know, thank you. And maybe it's, thank you for teaching me that I want somebody who's going to communicate with me. And then you're going to say, um, I'm sorry. And they'll say, I'm sorry. And whatever that might be. Um, I made you feel like you couldn't communicate open and honestly with me and tell me how you're feeling or what you're uncomfortable with. Um, I forgive you for wronging me and I love you and just release them. Let them go on their way. You don't have to have any other interaction with them in the future. And just let them out of your life. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful, it's a beautiful practice. And it can also be turned on ourselves because I think a lot of times we beat ourselves up when we get ghosted or it didn't go the way we thought it would, or we feel like we've got 13 seconds to find the right man or woman and we're not doing it. We can also turn that practice on ourselves. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. We can say those things to ourselves as well. Yeah. That's a very powerful it's a really powerful healing practice. Now, I know we've only got just a couple minutes left together. Can you let listeners know how to find your website, what you offer, how they can work with you? And I, you've got a new um, group program coming up too, right? I do. I have um, everything's going to be on my website, which is sarahmkernels.com. Um, and if you go there, you'll have the opportunity to sign up for my newsletter where I send out weekly motivational emails. And as a thank you, I recorded a self-love meditation just to help you tune back into your own inner guidance, your own wisdom, and your own depth of love that you have for yourself, which is the most useful tool when dating. I help clients one-on-one, of course, but like you said, I have an upcoming program that's going to start mid-August and it's going to run for six months. It's This one is women only. Um, but it does not matter how you identify sexually who you're attracted to, but I am asking this one to be women only. And we're going to take through the, the transformation of dating from letting go of past heartbreak, of getting and building up the confidence and skills to put yourself out there, how to talk to people, how to nail a first date, how to turn a date into a relationship. So I'll be going through six months 
with a group of women and guiding them through that whole process while they have community with each other and the support of me as their coach. That sounds, that sounds really good. So all of that is at sarahmkernoles.com. And with just about 30 seconds left together, is there one person for everyone? Is there a Mr. Right or a Ms. Right for everybody? No, no. I think that there are probably dozens, if not way more than that, wonderful, wonderful options on this planet for each of us. Yay! I mean, <laughs> Yay. I'm glad to hear that. That's much more freeing than there is one person, but you'd better find them and your time is running out and you better get it right. And you better, <laughs> right? Lemon cookie, lemon cookie, better say the right thing. I love that idea that we have more options, more freedom, more power, more strength than we might imagine. And that's, that yeah. is a beautiful thing. Sarah, thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. That is Sarah Kernels, and you can find out more about her and her work as a life and love coach at sarahmkernels.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-M-C-U-R-N-O-L-E-S.com, sarahmkernels.com. And of course, you're always welcome over at karenhager.com. That's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. See what's happening coming up next on this radio program. It's a good place to do that too. You can also book a private session with me there if you're so inclined to talk about relationship or love for yourself or others or anything else you have in mind. That's all at karenhager.com. And if you believe as I do that when we focus our attention on positive change, that positive change really can occur. And that collective intention is a powerful way to bring peace and change to the world that we live in. I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com. On that website, you'll get information about a free 15-minute guided meditation that my partner and I host on the first Sunday of every month. That's 15 minutes minutes, no selling, no yelling, just guided meditation with people from around the world where we're focusing on peace in our hearts and peace in the world, openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.